You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey guys, welcome back to Cards to the Moon. This is episode 153. And I'm Clark from 5cardguys.com and 5cardguys on Instagram. With me co-hosting as usual is Hyung of Integrity Sports Cards. Missing in action this week is John, but he should be back next week. In the meantime, for today's episode, we do have another guest on the pod. If you heard our last two episodes, we've been getting guests who recently attended the National to tell us their experience from the biggest card show event. We heard from Rob, the sports card therapist, and Iowa Dave already. And today, we have our friend Daryl Chan, aka DC, to tell us his stories from the National. So stay tuned for that. But first, off the top, I just want to talk about the Shohei Otani and Mike Trout Tops Now WBC card. It's a crazy card, yeah, where I believe the story is that Trout bought three of these Tops Now card where it shows him striking out against Shohei to give Japan the championship win. And he signed the three copies. Then he got Shohei to sign it as well, making it a dual auto. And then Trout got it graded at PSA. Two of them wow. came back a dual 10-10. And uh, one was a 9-10, I believe. And it looks like he gave Shohei one of the 10-10s as a gift. His interpreter got one as well, and he kept one for himself. <laughs> what a lucky interpreter. Seriously. That, that thing is a grail. <laughs> I, absolutely. I think it's a grail. Like it's, it, there's such a unique story behind it, and it's crazy. It, that card's blowing up, literally blowing up. You check eBay sales right now, yeah. and that's what you know. good marketing does. You know That, that picture of uh, Trout and Otani is everywhere right now, right? And, uh, you know, now you look at eBay prices, you know, they're selling for a pretty decent amount. So I think, uh, and that, that answers our question. Remember in, uh, previous episodes, tops now. Mm. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> too bad John, cooler? <laughs> too bad John wasn't on this podcast to, <laughs> to see if he's in all in on tops now. Now I'm thinking that it takes someone like Trout to really, market the tops now card for tops right? for sure for sure I, so. I i personally think like uh the branding sucks to be honest i think that's what hurt tops now i think they could uh make uh like moments let's just say and not call mm-hmm. it like tops now and brand it such a kind of like a paper card make it chrome make it like a very big like especially like aaron judges like 60 second home right. run. you could make a really sick limited card Make it like a, a collectible, desired collectible. But I think the Tops Now brand in general is kind of weak. So mm. I hope uh, one day they could kind of like up, up. Uh, and it, we talked about that with the the timeless moments with like the Vince Carter cards and stuff like that. Right. Where, you know, it, it becomes kind of like that. But don't get me wrong, that that card is sick. I think I think in general, <laughs> just I watch that moment, just see that card. I think it's. Uh, it will it will hold value in collectors' hands for sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I saw funny Lamim, Lamim uh, meme, <laughs> meme. Yes, I, was, I had a brain fart. I'm like Lamim meme, <laughs> um, uh, where he was joking about the PSA getting a ten ten grade and 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 someone asking if they could get a ten ten. He's like, "You're not Mike Trout," and he gets slapped in the face. <laughs> So I wonder, yeah. yeah, well, you know, what are the chances that Mike Trout, of all people, got a nice dual 10-10 grade right. the Tops Now <laughs> paper card, right? Hey. <laughs> so anyway, um, and I, I was thinking, you know, do you think this is Trout's way of convincing Shohei to stay in uh, stay in L.A.? Oh, man. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, I, I don't think that's, uh, that's the intention because I don't think he'll <laughs> right, right. have too much control over that, but... I think he did definitely did uh, the hobby a favor, you know, just having so many eyes on it, right? Outside of the hobby, because they're like, what's the big deal with these slabs? People probably don't even know what PSA slabs are to the mm-hmm. outside world, right? So it's like having that exposure. Uh, we're talking hundreds of millions of views on yeah. on on that kind of like news, right? So 
Yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, I think I think overall, just in general, like it's it's great for the hobby, great exposure for the hobby, and you know, two legends of the game uh, that are pretty mu- much promoting it, right? So, especially Absolutely. tops now. Ironically, that's the ironic thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, true that. And uh, Mike Trout's definitely become an unofficial ambassador for both Tops and definitely for PSA. He's been uh, he's been really helping those guys out. So anyway, cool card. You got to check it out if you haven't already. It's it's all over social media, and and yeah, I think it's gonna just be one of those iconic Tops Now cards. With that, let's play our interview that we had with Daryl Chan, aka DC, about his experience at the National. All right, as we said in the intro to this episode, we have our friend and a serious sports card collector, Daryl Chan, back on the show with us today. If you're in the GTA, the greater Toronto area, you've probably seen DC at the Sports Card Expo with with his extensive collection, uh, mostly baseball cards, which we like here on this pod. Both Hyung and I have done trades and deals with him in the past, so we can definitely vouch for him. And if you missed our first interview with Daryl on this podcast, he he always has great stories about his hobby experience, whether it's a major flip that he was able to do or just hitting some big cards, breaking a personal box or case. Uh, So that's why we wanted him back on the show today to tell us some of his stories actually from the National, which he he just returned from. And uh, yeah, so without further ado, Daryl, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Thanks for having me, guys. I love being on here. Especially when I can listen to my own voice in the replay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, um, when uh, you were there, we were kind of messaging each other back and forth. And, and near the end, uh, Daryl was like, oh, I got stories for you. So we're like, we have to have him on the pod. This is why we're doing this episode. So, so Daryl, uh, yeah, let's just get right into it. Um, I know you have a bunch of stories, but what's, I don't know, the craziest or the funniest or the wildest story that just on the top of your head that you want to share with us right now? I would say the craziest thing that happened, which was totally unexpected, was on the, maybe the second last day, so the the Saturday, when I was coming back from lunch, we we always eat at Gibson's across the street. Right, yeah. I'm coming back from lunch, and I see the, the lobby is packed, but not people waiting. It's kids and and adults actually set up, setting up their own, Booths wow, outside okay. in the lobby. So these guys are set up on the floor. They they have like their 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 slab cases, and they have like literally like a showcase worth of cards, like maybe like a four four by five rows of slabs <laughs> that they're literally literally selling. So at first I was like, this is kind of funny. Um, they're blocking <laughs> the way. Like I, I thought it was the I thought it was the line to Starbucks. it It was literally people in the hallway selling their cards so i start walking by and i'm looking to see if there's anything good i want i'm like ah there's some kid stuff it's like ah there's some pokemon there's some whatever Mm -hmm. but then by the escalator there's this really weird looking guy this guy with chains and stuff like that he's got (laughs) two slab cases and he's it's all football he's got like mahomes t-laws like, wow. like crazy stuff, national treasures, whatever. Okay, yeah. yeah. And um, I, I, I'm just like, oh, wow, there's, there's some really good stuff here. What's the price like? He goes, are you looking to, to pay cash or are you looking to pay Venmo or you looking to trade? I go, I don't know. Give me all the options. <laughs> so he would be like, okay, if you pay cash for this card, it's $5,000. If, if you want to pay by Zelle, it's 7500 And if you want to trade, it's ten thousand in trade. Wow, so now okay. I'm like, wow. what the what the heck is going on with this? He goes, cash <laughs> is king. I need I need cash. I don't want to be tracked by whatever whatever. So if you want to pay <laughs> cash, you can get a good deal. But if you want to do these other item ways, then you know you gotta you gotta pay something else. Yeah. So I was like, okay. I actually looked through his stuff. It was just not stuff for me because I brought my own stuff. I brought like fifteen cards there, like high. Mm-hmm. high cards you know some which i sold like the first day at the national but at the end i still had some nice pieces so after looking at that on the sunday when it was kind of kind of cooling off like the you could walk in the national like no problem like sunday afternoon around one o'clock i saw one of my buddies him and his girlfriend were set up um at, at, at like a pole 
And I was like, come on, man. Are you really setting up? He goes, buddy, I just did 1,800 in sales. Wow. <laughs> I was like, what? In, in the black market. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny because this is outside. And the reason why yeah. people were setting up outside is because you could hear the stories like, man, those dealers are offering me 60% of comps of some BS comps. Right. And then they're selling stuff at like something crazy expensive. And I got to walk through that. And there's like no heat. Like, I mean, now there was, because you guys must have heard about the heating issue. Yeah, we heard. Right. Um, the first couple of days, it was, it was boiling in there. Um, and then they figured out the, like people had fans like later on, but then maybe the last couple of days they figured out the AC issue, but like people <laughs> were complaining about outside. So it's funny. You have some kids that are out there set up and their, their parents are literally chaperoning <laughs> right. Situation, <laughs> right? Because they're, they're standing there with their kids that are dealing with cash. Um, so basically it was a trade night because the trade nights were ridiculous. What do you mean? Like the yeah. trade nights during the show. Mm-hmm. Like were happening in the hotels, right? I don't know if right. you heard, but like Lowe's got shut down. Yeah, and like other yeah. people like the the trade nights were crazy. The lineup inside for one of the trade nights at the actual uh, at the national at the the outer parts, like the conference rooms. Yeah, there was a lineup after the national close. There's a crazy ass line just to get in, and I, I didn't go to any of the trade nights, but seeing the amount of people at the trade nights was ridiculous mm. so going back to this crazy part my friend is set up against his pole and then i see prime real estate like this against the wall yeah. beside the pepsi machine so i'm like you know what i'm gonna set up my cards <laughs> so I, I put out i put out these cards like i have like 15 cards mm-hmm. and all my stuff is high end right so i'm just sitting on the ground and then people are passing by whatever whatever um and this guy comes and he's like hey I see you're setting up. What else is in that box? I go, oh, I just, I picked up this Ronaldo auto for myself. Like it was a first year tops Chrome. And the guy's like, you want to sell it? I'm like, of course I'll sell it. But of course, I was, <laughs> of course I you'll sell, sell it. it. I picked this up for myself. I go, there's no comps for this card. You can look up, you can try to find a comp. I didn't find a comp. So he's like, shoot me a number. I go, how about 1500 bucks? Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can't get to fifteen hundred. How about thousand? I'm like, nah, nah, I don't, I don't think so. Um, but thirteen, thirteen fifty, I'll do it, right? I already know this guy wanted this card. You can tell this guy mm-hmm. wanted this card. Thirteen fifty goes. Come on, twelve fifty. Me in the middle. Go. No such thing. I never lose deals. I cannot meet you halfway. <laughs> None of that. So he's he's like thirteen twenty five. I go done. Take the card. So he took, <laughs> he took that card. I did my first sale sitting outside in a makeshift booth. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. And then <laughs> be, before I left, this one guy comes and he sees, like a lot of people came because I had nice stuff out there. Mm-hmm. This guy comes, yeah. uh, he's like, how much for the Jordan? Because I got a Jordan. I got a, well, I'll show you the other Jordan. But I also acquired a Jordan 6.5, SGC 6.5. So this guy comes oh, and nice. goes, would you trade? I go, "What? what is it? So he had a bunch of Jordan like relics, like game use jersey, like all right. all BGS and, and stuff like that. It was okay. And I comped it out. Like I literally comped it out because he was like, I'll give you like 4,500 worth of trade for this. And I tried to comp it. I was like, I can't get the 4,500. He goes, I want the card though. So you want to just take cash? I go, yeah, I'll take cash. Same right. thing. Sold it for 3,400. Oh, okay. 3, this is what? The Jordan yeah. rookie? Jordan 6.5, SGC 6.5. I So basically I had that Ovechkin bgs 95 and uh you know i was shopping it around the show but some people were like ah you know it's not it's okay but they're like it's not worth that i go it's it's true gem plus yeah so some of these guys think that people are stupid and they don't understand what the subs are right just left it but then i had one guy and it's funny because he's from toronto and he saw me he's a dc uh, I heard you might want some Jordans. I go, it's possible. What do you What do you want? You want to trade? <laughs> so he's like, we didn't have to come all the way to Chicago to do this trade, brother. We could have We could have done this in uh, in Toronto. Yeah, it's funny. So he goes, I have this Jordan uh, SGC six five, and then we traded. I traded him straight. So okay. instead of me selling the Ovechkin, I just went through a second step and sold the Jordan, which is event, which is essentially the the Ovechkin anyway. Right. So I made 50, sorry, 47, 25 in sales outside in my makeshift lobby, which at the end, 
Yeah. Closer to the end of the show, I actually got a table and chair, and I can I'll send you the pictures later. But I posted on Instagram, <laughs> and I actually had like a sign that said Sports Center. Oh yeah, I, I, I remember that. Me, yeah, I had all the cards up front. Yeah, I, I think I saw that photo too. Jokes like at the end of the the day, like I wasn't planning to set up, but I I actually got some deals done. That's nice. Yeah. So so you you and others, I guess, all set up in the lobby of the yeah. The it ho- was crazy. Where, of the National or the hotel? Where, where, of the National. Of the National, okay. Yeah. And no but one I, came I, by? I, I, no one came by to say, hey, uh, you guys can't do this? No, security came by and there, I guess there wasn't anything that they could do. Nothing yeah. happened. They just let it go. But I think the dealers were kind of, some dealers were kind of angry and stuff oh, like that. I could see that, right. Yeah. But they don't know what's happening. But you could see like there were a lot of people that were fed up outside and then there were just people trading amongst themselves. I think those trade nights went really really long just because people found different type of value there Mm -hmm. even like what people were paying or what people were um, selling or trading for i i found that a lot of people found that that was really really good um i don't know if you know but the national had tried to shut down these trade nights these these announcements leading up to it yeah 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 but they they couldn't and uh you know it's nuts like any hotel that we that was even remotely close to the national where people staying. Mm-hmm. There were trade nights happening all the time, like in the lobbies. Yeah, just people just sitting out there, and like I don't know these people. I just see a slab case. I go, "What do you got?" Right, right, right. <laughs> that's why. That's what we heard because we interviewed Rob, the sports card therapist, and he, yeah. he, uh, and I guess, and uh, a group that he was part of uh, organized an official or unofficial trade night, like at a legit place that they rented out, and yeah. they knew. Um, the national couldn't do anything about it. It was, you know, not in on their premises, so they weren't shut down. But they heard stories about just like you shared right now of uh, Lowe's being shut down and and yeah. um yeah, just these impromptu trade nights and and it's just kind of silly that the national didn't have the foresight to think about hosting like a trade night of their own, like just an official trade. Why not, right? Instead of well, trying I'm to shut sure down everyone. I'm not sure if there was an official one because, like I said, one of the days I think it was Thursday when I was walking back through the tunnel back to my hotel at the Hilton, yeah, there was a lineup to go to different conference rooms and there were, it was a trade night. I don't know if that was officially from the national or what it was, mm-hmm. but it was held on the premises in a different uh, convention hall. Not interesting. Probably booked it. Maybe, maybe somebody booked it maybe. up. But it was huge. Right? Like there was a lineup to get in. Like the lineup was long. Wow. So you could, you could plot businesses on top of that. Like, you know what I mean? You could have your own, you know, trade night. You could, you know, probably open Charge a bar admission. there. You know, whatever you want. Charge admission Jeez. to trade night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, what are we doing in Cleveland, guys? Yeah, a, yeah, you're reading my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, there's a business opportunity. Let's think ahead. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk off air. Um, Daryl. Well, you know, we only neither Xiang and I have gone to. Um, to the national and you amongst others um, always tell us we have to go one of these days. So we're, we're trying to for sure make it to Cleveland. How would you compare it though, to the sports card expo here in Toronto, which we've been to obviously, and the national in terms of what kind of dealers are there, the space, um, what the vibe is just generally speaking. So the, the sheer size of the national is it's crazy. I'd say at least five or six times the size of the Toronto Expo. Wow, which is the biggest in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. And and like I guess it's a little different because at the expo I'm set up on the other side of the table as a dealer. Whereas whenever I go to the national, I, I don't set up. I don't set up on purpose just because, you know, the logistics of bringing cards over the right. border is a little bit tougher. But from the shopping side, it's kind of fun too to mm-hmm. actually see like what other people have. Um, the rooms this year I found was a little bit messy. Um, hmm. just because like, I mean, it's good the way they have their placement with corporate is always in the middle, like the main room in the middle. So yeah. you'll always see that stuff, but there was really no particular order. Um, the way the other dealers were set up, like even my friends that set up there, they had different spots than hmm. what they had previous years which was a little bit interesting. Plus you throw out like the different stuff with like the, the breakers kind of pavilion. And then 
there's different stuff along there. And then there's random food stalls in different spots. Right. Um, and then there's like a back room, which had like a whole new section plus like where the autographs are. Yeah. So I would say after the first day, I kind of got my, my idea of where everything was. Usually what I do is I, I try to break it down into like three days, mm-hmm. each, like a section in, into three sections. And then I'll know where everything is. And then I'll walk around and go back to it like later days. But usually when I find stuff, the, the, best, the best time to find stuff is in the first couple of days. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because then you're like looking over like behind five, six people trying to look into a showcase, which is almost like near impossible, especially if you don't know what's in the showcase. Like I'm basically passing by, oh, do I see a basketball card? If I say basketball card, maybe that's not what I'm looking for. If I find baseball stuff, I look at look for Bowman prospects. Then I'll, I'm lucky to find like a case is all Bowman. But a lot of the times, I will go to to vendors that I know, because usually what I'm trying to sell or trade, I'm re- I already know where I'm going to go first. Yeah, because then I can cut a lot of the crap. Hmm. Yeah. In terms of wise, uh, it was a little bit more jumbled. It felt like this year. Okay. Uh, good to know. Um, I know, I know this is like, it, it could range from, you know, uh, how some dealers price their stuff well and others are, you know, h- how did you find that proportion in terms of like, um, when you went from table to table were, were, you know, was it like last year where you heard stories of dealers, you know, just underwater. So they're trying to get as much as they can, or are people being more realistic now, or is it more of the same this year? There's a little bit of everything. There's definitely people that were overpriced. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, like I'll look at a couple key cards that I know what the prices are, should right. be around. Yeah. And then if I see something that is much higher, like say double the double a comp, yeah. most of the time I just skip over. Right. Um, some guys didn't have pricing, which I still think is really stupid. That's annoying. I mean, like I price everything for a reason. At least you have like a point instead of someone wasting time to, oh, let me check what the comp is. Because right. if someone right. is unprepared, that just makes the experience like really right. not so nice. Yeah. Um, but then there were some people that had some really good deals and some people had stuff that maybe they hadn't changed the price from the last show they were at. So mm-hmm. it really depends on what kind of dealers you see. Cause there's some dealers that do like a show once a year, they don't have a store. Mm-hmm. Literally just didn't feel like price tagging stuff again. So you got like a deal on something if it went up or if it went down. Um, but then you had some guys that were just not, not nice. Cause right. I see a part I like. But then the guy will pull like a comp from like a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> 2021. It's difficult. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's what I'm interested in. I hope, um, you know, I hope by the time we go next year, there'll be uh, even more good deals to be had. And, you know, who knows what the market will be like. But, uh, but yeah, looking forward to finding those deals. Um, DC, how many times have you been to the National? See, my first one was in Cleveland in 2017. Okay. Then Chicago, 2018. Uh, then Chicago, 2020. Mm-hmm. No. Is that right? Yeah. And then this one. So that's four. four. Okay. Yeah. So three Chicago, one Cleveland. Yeah. Okay. So uh... I, I won't go to Atlantic City. I refuse. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've yet to hear anyone have a glowing review of Atlantic city as a venue for the national, but um, okay. That's interesting because first, how would you compare this year's event compared to the previous years you've been to? And um, how would you describe the difference in venues between Cleveland and Chicago since you've been to both? So this year, I mean, I liked it. It was, it's bigger as a lot of stuff to go see. You can mm-hmm. kind of see what the different corporations where we're doing, which are kind of cool, whether it was an auction house, right. whether it's uh, uh, like top the Tops booth or the Panini booth. I mean, I, I, I really appreciated Panini this year because I actually booked the uh, appointment for the redemption, the redemption thing, because I had a LaMelo ball right. uh, off the line out of 20. And like, it was, what I got was really good. Okay. So I was like really happy about that. Um, I think the thing is some people don't respect the fact that other people have appointments. So mm. Panini was really good in not kicking them out, but kind of saying like, hey, guys, you don't have an appointment. You, you can't be here. Like there were slots right. basically that you could have booked. 
And the only reason why I knew about that was because last year I didn't go. I, the only reason why I would have went last year was to deal with that uh, LaMelo Ball redemption. Hmm. But I couldn't make it work and I couldn't drag myself to to go to Atlantic City. So this year I made sure that when they announced the that the Panini was going to be there and dealing with the redemptions, first thing I did was was book that uh, book that time slot and I mm-hmm. booked the slot available. So nice, totally worth it. And they were really good about it. I, I think if you go earlier, your choices are better. So basically, um, they I got to the line and and they said, hey, you know your redemption is for this. We value it at this. So initially, she came at the value of three thousand. I go, this can't be three thousand. Like, <laughs> you know, I waited a while for it. It's out of twenty. The box is expensive. Um, you got to do a little bit better. And she says, "Okay, I'll give you five thousand. I was like, "Well, that was easy. Like five thousand." <laughs> she gave me two national black sparkle boxes, mm. and she actually asked me which. She goes, "I go, can I pick the player?" And she goes, "Who do you want?" I go, "Steph Curry." Right, because they're all on-card autos and they're all one-on-ones. Wow. So she was like, "Okay, say less." So <laughs> I got two boxes. Yeah, and I didn't open them there. I I was going to the Chicago White Sox versus Cubs game. I basically dropped them off in my hotel and then I opened them live uh, when I got back. But th- this is one of them. Nice. Oh snap! That's nice. Steph Curry. Wallace. Steph Curry. Sick. Which normally be green would be out of five, right. but it's stamped, right. it's stamped one on one. Like on the back, they all say this black box one on one. Yeah, it's the black box one on ones. Yeah, but actually here you can actually see this white imprinted. box black box. It's imprinted one on one. Nice. So oh, cool. They gave me two Curry rookies, which was great. I mean, that's better than the Lamelo because what I paid for the redemption. Right. Um, right. But then I took one of the Curry rookies and I added cash. Uh, oh, upgrade. Lear right. Jordan wow. BGS8. Nice. Yeah. And this was a card that I really, really wanted. Every national I go, I keep telling myself I'm gonna I'm gonna buy or trade for a Jordan. Okay. And every year I go, I end up buying something else because there's a deal on something. I want to stock <laughs> right. up for expo, whatever, whatever. <laughs> so I was so happy to get this one this year because this is something I've always wanted. Nice. That's, that's pretty sweet. That's sick. It's a great story. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, you kind of answered my next question, but um, did you have a specific game plan going into the national other than yeah. trying to pick up that MJ card you just showed us? Definitely. Um, like like I said, I, I chop up I chop up the the venue into like three parts usually. Yeah. If I can walk certain things just to look at look at every case, and plus I have the advantage of going because I have a dealer pass, right? So I'm I'm in mm. at like eight thirty. And I can see stuff that before the the regular, even VIPs get in. So I have like an extra hour to nice. kind of look at stuff. So sometimes dealers are a little hesitant to sell to other dealers because they think they're going to just put in their own case. It's the same thing in, in Expo. Right. On, on the VIP Wednesday night, if it's a dealer coming, most likely I'm not going to sell them something unless they over unless they overpay. Right, right. right? But I, I'm not going to give someone a deal like that so they can put in their showcase. Um, but yeah, being able to go in there early allows me to make a game plan. So every time I see a card that I want or I'm interested in, I take a photo of it and then I edit it and I write down what booth number is it. Okay. Yeah. So this way I can go back. I go, I know which booth I got to go back to to go pick this up. Mm. Da, 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 Good da, idea. Things. And this way I can also compare, especially if someone else has a different price or someone else has like, like I was looking at a lot of vintage this year. I was looking at mantles. So I'm looking for eye appeal stuff. I'm looking for stuff right. in, you know, certain price range. So uh, definitely that's that goes into my planning. If I feel that something is not going to sell, I'll wait until a later day. And then I'll, I'll kind of come in with a different offer later on. Hmm. But, you know, that's part of my game plan. But definitely the inventory changed so much between certain booths from first day to last day. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So okay. you'll see a lot of that stuff happening. Ah, good to know. That's good. Good tip. Yeah, because I've heard different things, right? Like some people say, get there early, do your deals early. Others say, be patient. Um, but I guess knowing that for some booths, the inventory changes. Then if you really see a card that you like early on, it's you got to get it. You yeah, got to get right, it. Right. You can't really mess around. If you already know what the price should be, 
you shouldn't be nickel and dime so much because then if you try to negotiate, like say, say something's priced at like Mm -hmm. $1,200 and it's worth $1,200 and you go, I'll give you a thousand. The guy's like, no, whatever. And then you walk around, you do a circuit, you come back and it's sold. Now you feel stupid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing is with the national, there's so much inventory and so many booths. You might be able to find another one, but Mm -hmm. you know, there's always that FOMO. Right. Right. Like, especially if you miss something, I I had this happen to me the last day I was Mm -hmm. looking at this mantle, uh, 50, uh, 53 tops. I wanted to upgrade the one I have. Yeah. This guy had one. It was pretty cheap. It was a SGC one. One. Yeah. And it was 1400 bucks. Okay. 1400 bucks. Pretty good. Actually, I took a look at a pretty good look at the card. It wasn't creased. It looks like it was bent, but not to the point of creasing. But it was in the middle of the card. So I was like, okay, I'll do this quick circuit, walk around, and I'll think about it. I came back. The guy wasn't there, but the, I guess his daughter was there and said, okay, he'll be back in like 10 minutes. Leave me your phone number. Tell me which card you want. She had no idea anything about this guy. Right. So I left my phone number. So I walked around again. 15 minutes later, the guy calls me and he's like, yeah, so you, you're looking for something? I go, yeah, I was looking at that mental SGC one. He goes, oh, I just sold it. <laughs> right. so that kind of sucked yeah you know yeah, that was yeah. the, the FOMO I had yeah but it just goes to show that if you don't move quickly enough on something that's a good deal or even something that you really really covet you feel bad about it later yeah yeah good to know good advice there too um all right well I have one more question concerning the national and you know you know how it goes we like to do some rapid fire at the end sure. um but uh I don't know if you answered this already between Chicago and Cleveland, like how, how is Cleveland different than Chicago? So we can prepare for next year other than the size. I know Chicago is probably the biggest venue out of, out of all of them. So I think Cleveland's um, setup of the show is more organized. Okay. Um, It's definitely not as big, but it's still nice. Um, The thing is with Chicago that Chicago has that Cleveland doesn't is that Chicago has so much stuff to do in the city Mm. outside of the show. Like I, I went earlier this year on purpose so I can be a tourist, right? Basically the first couple of days before yeah. like I got there on the Monday, you know, I did some tourist stuff. I went downtown. I, I you know, went on that architectural boat tour. Like I, I mm-hmm. went to eat some really nice, nice restaurants and stuff like that. So it's not just card overload. It's a lot of stuff. It's actually quite tiring. Right. Right. Only doing card stuff. Uh, yeah. Cleveland, the only problem is, is that the hotels you're most likely going to stay at are downtown, which is like an Uber right away. You can't, mm. you can't just walk across the street. Right. It's not right. the same. Um, but I mean, Cleveland, I did like it. The internet, I think, was better there, if I recall. Okay. Um, and definitely was not did not have a heat issue. <laughs> right. But I, I think just even the way the booths were set up, it was a little bit more organized than here. Like this had like way too many things going on. There was like three different rooms. And then there was parts I didn't even realize existed until after like the third day. What do you mean? Like there was a section that I, I totally didn't see. I didn't, oh, okay. I, didn't, I just, it's not that I didn't walk past it. It's just that you had to walk through Breaker Pavilion to more corporate stuff. And then right. there was a whole other section. Gotcha. Only reason I found out about that is because there's a buddy of mine that I asked him where he was set up. And he told me the number. I was like, where is this number? I didn't even know this <laughs> Right. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Well, good to know um, uh, we'll, of what we can expect when we go to Cleveland next year. But uh, yeah, Darryl, I'm like 99.5%. <laughs> Young, where are you at? Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere there. You know, the, I can't commit 100%, but, you know, it's up there in the – you know, 99 to 100%. You know, we'll, <laughs> we'll make it work. We got to make it work. Yeah, you know. I think what's really cool about the National, though, yeah, is that it's not just cards. It's collectors getting together and meeting other people that mm-hmm. have the same interests. And you can talk. It's a community. Yeah, which yeah. is great. Because I was in line. We went to go eat at this pizza place. And the guy in front of me, uh, I was just asking, oh, how long have you been waiting for? Did you make a reservation? Stuff, blah, 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 blah. And then... Somehow the the conversation got to golf, and I mm-hmm. said I know one of the biggest golf collectors, and he goes, "Who is it?" And I said, and "He goes, oh, that's my buddy." I go, "He he's my roommate right now." So <laughs> right. We started chatting. We ended up sitting at the same table, 
And his buddy that was there is like the guy that sold the uh, that sold the the Kobe logo man. Wow. Okay. Oh wow. So I met like one of the biggest Kobe collectors. Yeah. Too. And then we just talked and talked for a little bit. And it was like really cool. We all got along. We did some deals together, and and you know just something else. the networking. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like fun for sure. Yeah. And you you stayed for the whole week. I did. Okay. Yeah. Here that could be exhausting too. Were you all right after afterwards, or were you wrecked? Uh, when I got back, I was pretty tired because, like, honestly, okay. adrenaline is kind of kicking in the whole time of the show. Like, right, I would right. get back at like say two, three a.m. and then get up at like seven thirty so I can get to the show at like for eight <laughs> thirty. Right. So, but that's the only way. Like, there's so much stuff going on at night, and like, well, either we be, you know, either go to a game or we're go drinking or we. Mm-hmm. we some impromptu trade stuff or we go to the casino, whatever it was, just just came back super late but got up super early. It's just what I paid for was when I flew back mm-hmm. and the next day had to go to work, you know? Like, that, was, <laughs> right. that was pretty crazy. Should have took a day off, man. No, never days off, man. <laughs> <laughs> never it. days Love off. It. Love, Love it. the hustle. <laughs> All right, thanks, Daryl, for that. Uh, let's get right into rapid fire. Uh, we usually ask what um, your favorite PC card at the moment is, but um, I, actually, this might be a good opportunity. What was some of your favorite pickups at the National? Okay, so I I didn't get a lot of pickups. I'll be honest. Like I sold some stuff. I, mm-hmm. I upgraded some of the things that I really really wanted. But like I said, like this this Jordan is is everything to me right now. <laughs> okay. This is probably like this and the mantle are still my favorite cards right now, just because the length of amount of time it took for me to actually get the car. Yeah. It's not that I didn't yeah. have opportunity to get it. It's just that I really focused this time around to trade towards this. Yeah, and yeah. the best part is I think I think we're similar like this young is like we just like the art of the deal. Mm. It's like Yeah, 100%. It's like I'm so happy to get this Jordan, but I'm happy to get it at what I got it at. Yeah, like, 100%. What I traded mm. for it. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to Absolutely. disclose the number because I want to sell this lady later. <laughs> I think like just that deal in itself was, I loved it. Right. Nice. And again, like that, that curry, like mm-hmm. this is a yeah. great one. The other one I got was a one-on-one too, but it's not as nice as this one is flawless. Um, but the thing yeah. I really, really liked that I found at the national. Oh, beauty. Vince Carter. Oh, out of five. That's one of my favorite. Timeless? That's my favorite Vince Carter. The timeless. Yeah. yeah. But I love it's, it. it's the purple border and it's the one-on-one. What? Oh, it's the one-on-one. From, from a previous year Sparkle Box. Wow. Oh, wow. So I'm like super happy. That's sweet card. That card. Yeah. Um, I think what, what added to it is that I scooped up the card before another collector that wanted it okay. was yeah. behind me yeah. while I was trying to make the deal. And this guy was like, oh, is that is that the one-on-one, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I was like, hey, 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 hey. Just trying to. Finish this deal, yeah. and then I got a good deal on it. And the guy's like, "Do you want to sell it?" I go, "No, I don't want to sell it." So, yeah, it's sweet. That's beautiful. It's definitely one of the like Vince Carter's like one most wanted cards. Yeah. I mean, For like sure. that card is so iconic. Yeah. I've actually had the out of ninety nine card of this before, mm-hmm. but I traded it yeah. at the couple expos ago. Right. For, for yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, but this one, it'll be on display at Expo too. So. Oh man. Can't yeah. wait to see it in person when we see you next, Daryl. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, I guess right. the other thing I was going to say is that yeah. Otani, that red Otani. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it, it graded back at BGS 9. Okay. Uh, 10 nice. auto. Yeah. And uh, it's at, it's going to be at, at Golden. So Golden's auction's going on next week. Okay. Oh, nice. Nice. Which one? Yeah. Uh, which red? 84? Yeah, yeah, the 84 tops chrome. Got it. Uh, batting yeah. with the original. Yeah, sweet. Out of five. Yeah. The one I got at the ex- the last expo. Right, right. right, right, right I think right. you talked about it last episode. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. We'll look so for that. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Um, you said it's going to go up uh, on Golden? Yeah, Golden on gotcha. the, the 15th, the weekly auction. Cool. It's yeah. actually quite interesting when, when other auction houses try to get you to um, list with them and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like I passed by PWCC too just to see what they were saying. Yeah. Um, Golden. It was interesting. It's a different type of pitch. Some of these guys, yeah. like they kind of big you up. It's like, oh, this card is worth this, and I'm like, oh, it's right. not worth that, <laughs> right? And then, 
And then, um, you know, I just went back to the guys that I worked with last time I felt comfortable with, right? So, yeah. And they were really honest with me, too. Like you said, I, I think it's going to be this. I go, yeah, that sounds about right. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. The Otani's still doing well. You know, oh, the one I'm sure he will. <laughs> one of the few that keeps going up every time we have a yeah. new episode, we're like, yeah, still going up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Um, what's one thing you would change at the national? Hmm. I feel there's a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Um, air conditioning and definitely got to make sure the air conditioning's working. <laughs> right. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if there was a directory or not. Mm. But it would be nice if there was a directory where people knew. But the thing is, some stuff is just really random. Like you'll have a baseball booth, like mostly baseball. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you'll have a Pokemon booth. And then you'll have a baseball booth. And then you'll have a hockey. Like there weren't a lot of hockey booths. Huh, interesting. Like, this is very interesting. Like you know yeah, how yeah. Expo is totally opposite. It's like <laughs> right. all hockey in Expo. But if you go to... The national, it's mostly baseball. I would say baseball, basketball, football. Right. And I would say predominantly baseball. So you guys would be in heaven there. Like I mean, I, yeah, for sure. I'm at ninety nine point nine nine percent now. All right. Oh, yeah, you just bumped it up. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. You just like if I could even film it. Like a lot of people were trying to do like you know have the gimbal and stuff and try to yeah. do stuff, but it was so crowded. Hmm. Um, it's really difficult. So I would say if you can get. If splurge for the VIP pass, if you got to hook up, you should get a dealer pass. Like that's a that's a big difference to be able to see stuff sure. ahead of time. Um, I don't know how they also can organize it. I think, that, like you said, maybe the trade night, maybe they organize an quote unquote official trade night. Mm-hmm. They don't have to deal with some of the stuff that's happening outside. Like, I mean, like I was having fun, you know, doing a setup outside. But to be honest with you, from the dealer perspective, as a dealer. In Toronto, I can understand how upsetting sure. that would be. I mean, just to go back to to one of the things that you guys talk about before about how people do trades in front of your booth. Right, right. Yeah. I, when I was listening to the episode, I was like, "Hell yeah, that's not cool." <laughs> I've, I've had people like, come and do stuff in front of my booth and put their stuff on my on my yeah. That's, that, no, that's I'm not like, cool. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that. Right, that that's like me trying to do a deal, and then someone says, "Well, I'll give you more for that." Go, hey, buddy, you can't let us at least finish our conversation before whatever. Right. But but do understand from the dealer perspective is that we're paying for a booth. We have expenses that happen. Yeah. It's not that I don't want to do something that's not fair, but at the same time, understand and respect that people have paid to set up here. So without the dealers, there's no show. Right. Yeah. That, that's all that's all i wanted to say i hear so, that yeah i was having fun at the national but whatever maybe they gotta figure out some stuff to to help um alleviate that kind of stuff yeah yeah by uh having trade nights <laughs> just yeah. as, as a suggestion yeah a lot of trade nights but like maybe something that's sanctioned i mean i right. think the way that these this were happening it, sooner or later they're gonna have to figure something out i don't know how they would enforce it if it's off-site Mm. But I mean, the hotels that got shut down. I mean, yeah, yeah. And the police come and it's like, hey guys, disturbance. People are not even residents. There's this security issue too, right? Right. True. There was people right. that I heard that security guys were being paid to let people in to do trades. Maybe the security guys are you know collectors too. Tony, there's a whole <laughs> black market business Seriously. within this black market. It's not the club anymore. It's getting into trade night. <laughs> You gotta police the bouncer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, these are all the things we have to think about when we set up our own uh, trade night um, and charge admission. We we come with deep pockets. Seriously, we, <laughs> should, we gotta. We should do trade night, but you should the sheer amount of money that was being like changing hands transacted in the yeah. show is ridiculous. I saw yeah. one deal. The guy had fifty k in cash and just put on the table. Like, wow. 10, 10 stacks. I was like. Wow, like that's not. <laughs> Apparently, there was also undercover FBI agents and mm, uh, interesting people looking for counterfeit slabs. Oh, okay. There was a that was trying to peddle a fake Jordan PSA ten, right? Um, which I don't know if you guys saw on social media, but some someone took a photo of the guy trying to peddle like three yeah, yeah. K and stuff like that. Mm. Um, some interesting stuff. I don't. I didn't hear about any 
thefts or attempted thefts this year, but sometimes like people have been known to steal from like like those bins and stuff. That's that's one thing. And I'm not saying that it doesn't count, but someone actually reaching into a showcase and jack something and try running, like right. It's no, nah, that's not happening. Yeah. Okay. Um who's the most famous hobby celeb you saw or met at the national? I call them hobby celeb. But I uh, yeah. saw Gary V there. He had a booth set up. Yeah, with uh, V friends. Yeah. And uh, my my buddy Carlos that was set up with my other friend Eli. Um, Gary V bought a bought a card from. I think he bought a Ronaldo. And yeah, I saw cool. that on um, Sluggers Fifty Five Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he was there, and like I, I missed that part. I mean, like I, I left my bag and stuff there. Like that's my home base. But um, you know, I saw them that he was there. It was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Dennis Rodman was there. Oh really? Oh nice. <laughs> uh, and also, who else was there? I'm thinking. I I missed a couple people. Like these were like other. There was a couple football guys there. Um, uh, this is outside of the the additional autograph pavilion. Right, people. the TriStar. Yeah. Okay. I think um, Ken Golden was there. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't see him, um, but I did see Gary V. So that's, that's cool. His, his booth was very interesting because it has nothing to do with collectible. Well, it's, it's collectibles. Yeah, it's got cards. Yeah. 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 All right. Cool. Um, I don't know if you have a if you have anything on what's going on between Panini and Fanatics. Any thought on that? Just the lawsuit and counter lawsuit. Counter lawsuit. Uh, Who's gonna I win? Think, well, Fanatics has a lot of money. So <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that, it's that like... definitely helps. I, I almost feel like Panini is kind of stalling so they can bump up the price a little bit and then and finally sell. get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Because like some of this whole thing with, uh, you knew what was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. If anybody that has a monopoly on something, um, someone's going to bring it up. But this is like last ditch effort. I I, I can't see. It feels like that, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see Panini winning. Um, I don't know if Fanatics is going to get it. I, the only person that the only thing that Fanatics will not get is Upper Deck. Right. Yeah. We, we I think we 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 we're on the same page there. Yeah. 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 So I mean, so for hockey people, and I guess. Connor Bedard and all the Upper Deck exclusive guys. I mean, there's still stuff going to be coming out and stuff mm. like that. The cool. only th- one thing I missed out, I was going to say, is mm-hmm. the Panini party this year, the VIP party. Yeah. I could not bring myself to pay 12K to get in. 12,000? Wow. It's 12,000 this year. Wow. And that, that was like if you were like had a hookup through or like you're a, a, a preferred buyer and stuff like that. Yeah. Usually I go. I went the last couple of years. Hmm. And the first year cost me, I think, four k, and the second year, second year cost me five k. I heard last year was eight k, and this year was twelve k, and they gave you less packs. So, like the the packs, the packs are pretty cool though. You get those national silver packs, yeah, yeah, which are good, and then you get the gold packs, which are better, (laughs) and you get like a sparkle, like one of those black sparkle boxes that I had, and also get some father's day cards or something but i think the big thing was because wemby is in it in the first version mm, right. so a lot of people were kind of after that but 12k crazy crazy that's that crazy. crazy Jeez. all right um last question and you kind of talked about this but what's was your favorite non-sports card related thing to do in Chicago? Because I love the city myself. So yeah, what, what did you do that's worth checking out uh, next time say, it's in Chicago? Yeah. I would say that architectural boat tour okay. was actually quite amazing. Um, at first, when you first hear about it, you're like, ah, I'm on a boat. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what but, I'm thinking right now, but okay, go honestly, ahead. I, I've been to Chicago so many times that I've never done this and I've been suggested like many people have suggested to you go. Yeah. And I actually went and I really, really enjoyed it. Interesting. Um, you get to see the city. Chicago is like Toronto, but like it's ex- exponentially more buildings. Right. Along the water. It's it's crazy how many buildings there are. Um, I guess the guide was really good too because she had a lot of historical like stuff about it. Mm-hmm. Like she was a teacher by trade, but then – she does that um, that boat tour on the side. 
but I thought it was really, really good information. Um, definitely, if you every time I go to Chicago, I try to catch a game. This time it happened to be at uh, Guaranteed Rate Field. Usually I go to like, um, sorry, that's my dog feed, dog food feeder. <laughs> sorry. And usually I go to uh, Wrigley, but I was really happy because this year's game was the Cubs versus the White Sox. I know that's that's yeah, it doesn't yeah, happen cool. often. Yeah, yeah, so I think that's really good. And if you get a chance, I would go buy Fulton, the Fulton Market. So there's like a there's a place in West Loop. Basically, it's a lot of food stuff. If you're a food person, mm, I am. They have so many, so many different options, types of food there. And I spent a whole day there, um, cool. just going to different, trying different food and walking around. Like it was really, really nice. Yeah. So I mean, those are the my really, really favorite things I did in Chicago when I when I was not at the national. Nice. Yeah. I love it. 2025. Can't wait for the Chicago show to to go there again in a couple of years, but Cleveland first next year. Uh Daryl, always a pleasure to have you on. And uh yeah, we'll definitely have to meet up soon in person to rip some more boxes and cases. It'll be fun. Yeah, uh, let me know. I got some tom- very soon sitting around. <laughs> very soon. I've I've let's had the it. itch, Daryl, so <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right, perfect. Awesome. I'll, I'll come by. All right. All right. So another great interview with our friend Daryl. Uh, we're always glad to have him uh, come by the podcast and share uh, his hilarious stories. And and uh, yeah, like we said in the interview, we'll be definitely meeting up with him in person soon and uh, breaking a box. And uh, yeah, just having fun with him. Maybe a case, okay. Clark. Maybe a case. Sorry, I, I forgot who I was talking about. So yeah, when we when we're talking. About Daryl, case is always a possibility. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's finish off this show with a regular weekly segment we call Pick One. Do you have one already? Because I have one as well. Yeah, why don't uh, you fire it off, Clark? We'll start with you first. Yeah, I was going to ask this at the top of the show, but I thought I could use it for our Pick One, and you'll see what I mean. If that Mike Trout Shohei Otani Tops Now card right, that we were talking about at the top of the show, if that was ever on the market, all right, would you buy that card for 100K, right? 100,000. Okay. Yes, 100K, $100,000. Yeah. Or would you buy the 1952 Tops Mickey Mantle PSA 4 for the exact same amount? Wow. Oh, man. This is kind of a John question, like these theoretical. This one's a tough <laughs> one because it's like, Oh, the mantle, you know, you know what? I'm, I, I might sound crazy, but I'm, I'm swinging for the fences on a, on a more expensive mantle, a better graded mantle. So I'm going <laughs> to leave just because it's available. Like for me, right. my justification is, man, I guarantee you these cards won't leave Trout Otani. Maybe the translator's hand if he's struggling down the <laughs> right. road one day. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, for me, okay, I'm, I'm then, buying one the- of those. Yeah. But then it's a okay. Then that's a PSA nine ten. Oh, he got the nine, right? Uh, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, he was holding the nine. So not the tens, <laughs> just the nine. Right. Oh man. Yeah, you know what? I, I, it, that doesn't matter. It's one out of three, right? And you know, it's right. numbered individually numbered. There's a huge story behind it. It's one of the greatest moments of international baseball in history of international baseball. You know, mm-hmm. that was that was the pitch that struck out, you know, for the gold medal in the World Baseball Classic and Otani was facing Trout, right? And they're both signed. Yeah. So for me, I think, um, I know a lot of probably purists will say the mantle, no brainer. But I just <laughs> think uh, if I'm going to buy a mantle anyway, it's going to be probably, I'm going to try, if I'm already spending that money, I'm going to try getting a better grade mantle. So I'm going to go with the Otani, yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, interesting. You know what? I wouldn't say it's a no-brainer, but I'm still going with the mantle PSA four. I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, you know, it's uh, more stable and and <clears throat> it is a tops now card. We talked about this before. You know, like you know, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. I love the card. Like the the dual auto USA inscription by Mike Trout. I'm assuming Shohei wrote Japan in Japanese. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right, and that's a cool thing, you know. That and then, like you said, it's number to three, but uh, there's questions, you know, like how how 
if it could retain value over the years. You oh, know? Like, I think it be- will, 100%. <laughs> I think there's a lot. There's only three in, in, in supply. And then right. how many people would think along the lines, right, of that? But, you know, it's, it's justifiable. I could see both ways. Like the safe side in me, which yeah. doesn't exist, would say, you know, <laughs> the mantle. But, you know, yeah. that's boring. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we both chose our sides and uh, no one's surprised by it. So <laughs> This is a good one, right. though, man. It's a good okay. one. You got one? Yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, this is more from, a, I guess, a, a collector perspective, um, you know, and it's always a battle. This is especially you because you, you, I know mm. that you're always about big Bowman Chrome over Topps Chrome Rookie, right? So it's like yeah. I respect that. And I, I'm the same way. I think, you know, you look back and you look at some cards, you're like, you know, I wouldn't mind a base of a Bowman first chrome. But would mm-hmm. you rather a Bowman for first chrome, let's just say, uh, base auto PSA 10, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just take Acuna, for instance. He's a great, he's a great example. Uh, Acuna yep. 2017 Bowman chrome auto PSA 10, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. versus a Topps chrome, you know, 2018 rookie auto blue refractor. In a PSA 10. Right. right. So would you rather have the Topps Chrome blue color of a rookie auto or a base auto in a Bowman first? Because I, I just went on blue, Topps Chrome blue, because comps seem uh, pretty even. Maybe the it favored the blue a little more, but it's a little more rare. So I think, yeah, uh, yeah it's somewhere around that 2,500 US mark. Yeah. Uh, you know what? If you asked me this even a year ago, it would be super easy. Um, I would have just gotten Bowman Chrome right. first autos. Like, that's what I like to collect. Right. But I don't know if it's I'm willing to spend more money in general for rare number cards. Now? You're on that right? train, eh? I'm kind of on it, man. Like, I like uh, it. you know, Topps Chrome, color, number to 150 in this case, but just numbered in general. Um, on card auto, uh, you know, and then you look at the base auto, and I'm really buying it for the brand of Bowman Chrome right. um, in that case. So, you know, all things considered, equal, and especially the price, I'm gonna go with the Topps Chrome okay. Blue in wow. this case. Yeah, I would have never thought that you would have, you know, said. Hey, and last last point on that though, I want to make: Would this yeah. matter? Because Acuna's auto in Topps Chrome, we all know that. You know, he signed with his left hand, but then his 2017 <laughs> one, like, right. that's like an Otani auto, like that original mm. Otani auto. Would that play a factor in it at all? Like longevity, like the type of auto that Acuna has on on his Bowman first. Yeah, that's a good, really good question. Um, I want to say no, but I, it's definitely a thought. <laughs> it's definitely it's a, thought a factor that would persuade you to stick with Bowman. I might change my mind next year, but not right now. <laughs> not right now. But you know what? If it was Shohei, I'm like, oh, definitely it, it would play a factor. Right, right, right. Because there's such a, I don't know, for some reason, I just put a higher value on Shohei's original autos. Yeah, yeah, than, yeah. Than Acuna. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. What's yeah, I think, I think, I think I'm still, I still like color and rarity, you know, yeah. and I think um, it won't get the love that Bowman Chrome does, but. You know, base autos for me, it's just there's no rarity, there's no flash, there's no, um, you know, anything special about it in terms of the the look of it. And I'm like, if I'm holding something, I like to have something shinier than, you know, non-shiny, preferably. Mm. But it's the auto that really, like, bugs me. Like, I just love Acuna's auto in 2017, and it's just after that, he hasn't had a good auto, right? So, uh, but I at this point... I'm with you. I'm still going color rarity over kind of like uh, the base game, even though it, it PSA 10 base is, you know, a little more rare, but it's still a readily available, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, we sweep on that. Uh, that was a good one. We should do it again uh, next year for sure, because I might we might go back. Yeah, change my mind. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. All right. Uh, well, that ends our episode today. Thanks one more time to Daryl for coming on to the podcast, um, having a great interview with us. We might have one more guest to talk about their national experience, but it's been fun uh, just getting post-national coverage from from Rob, uh, Iowa Dave, and, and Daryl. So uh, yeah, definitely got FOMO. 
we'll definitely try our best to go to the national next year. But with that, we'll see you next week for a brand new episode on Cars to the Moon. See ya, bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at 5cardguys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at Trade You at Recess. You can also check us out at 5cardguys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.